Welcome to Talking Kotlin. On this episode, I'm sitting down with Rebecca Franks discussing graphics programming and how and if Kotlin has actually helped in any way. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Hadi. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm not bad. And uh, you are based in where? Uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Which is on my list of I would love to go and I still haven't been places in yep. the world. You should definitely make a trip. I should. And I and I should try and make a trip that actually means that I see something that is not the hotel in the airport. I recently yes. <laughs> ticked off uh, New Zealand from my bucket list, uh, which involved two days flying there, arriving at the hotel, leaving the hotel to go to another hotel, leaving that hotel to go to the airport and flying back home. <laughs> that was, but, but I can say I have now been to New Zealand. No, that doesn't count. I feel like you need to at least see one site. Yes, and 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 if someone asks me, so what did you think of New Zealand? I'll be like, ah, meh. Look like every other <laughs> airport and hotel I've ever been to. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good impression. Yeah, but I uh, I definitely want to come to South Africa at some point. And I remember we were we were talking about it a, f uh, a couple of years back. Uh, when we actually met in Krakow. Remember that? Yes, that was cool. Yeah, it was, uh, what was it, the Google Developer Days or something like that. Yep, I yeah. came up to you backstage and you, I was like, hi, I'm Rebecca. And you were like, cool, random stranger. No, I awesome. knew you from <laughs> Don't say that. That's so That's mean. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and then I actually came to you at, uh, at, at Google I.O. and I said, hey, Rebecca, and you're like, who are you? Do you remember? <laughs> was that payback? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you do what? What kind of development do you do? Uh, so I'm an Android developer. I've been doing Android for, I think, uh, six years now. I don't know. I've lost count. But um, working on a like a mobile editing app. So you can put like images and text on, on top of images and sort of like do cool things with text, change fonts and stuff like that. So Have you heard um, of Kotlin? It's just... <laughs> No, um, yeah, it's actually the first time. No, I'm joking. Uh, we've been it's, doing Kotlin. Yeah, it, yeah, it's big in the server side world. We're trying to get see if we can get some adoption in the Android world. <laughs> How's that going? Yeah, well, you know, if only some big company would say, "Hey, we we like Kotlin," uh, but we're, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I've been doing Kotlin for uh, probably about a year and a half now. So. Uh, full-time since I've joined Over, which is the company I'm working for. And we started off with like sort of blank slates and we chose to use Kotlin from the start. So um, it's been quite nice. We haven't had to do much Java. I've done maybe like two files of Java. <laughs> so it's not... Um, oh, that's interesting. What? Why? Why did you do two files of Java? Uh, well, it was actually just like things that are sort of baked into Android that we try to fix maybe a problem on and somebody's got a class online that you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to copy this. It's quite complicated, but I don't feel like converting this to Kotlin or oh, I tried and maybe the migration didn't like go so well. So I'll just leave it as Kotlin and <laughs> move on because I'm never going to really change as what Java. This, this class does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I would love to get like, uh, I, I know uh, so somewhat off topic, but I would love to kind of get these reports um, filed as issues, right? Because, you know, we, we always talk about 100% compatibility and, and it is 100% generally compatible. But I do often find that some people say, no, I just left this class as Java. 
and yeah. you really like to know. Well, I mean, there is the aspect of well, you know, for this particular class, it really didn't make sense to convert to Kotlin because the the added value wasn't that much, right? Um, but nonetheless, it's still interesting to see these kind of like edge cases in in, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't happened often. Like I'd say our code base is probably ninety nine percent Kotlin, so we don't like we never really write Java. Yeah, and what do you do at Over? Uh, so I work on the Android app. So we recently um, released, well, not recently, actually, it's been quite a while now, but last year in about November, we released a version of the over Android app to the store, the Google Play Store. And basically, um, I've been working on that since I've joined, which was about a year and a half ago now, and just making uh, this Android app that is like the same as the iOS app. So the iOS app has been around for quite a while, like six years or so. So we're basically playing catch up for a really long time of like trying to build what they've built and um, ship a, a version of the app that's similar to what they've got. Yeah, sorry, I should have been a little bit more descriptive of my question. I mean, what does yeah. over do as opposed to what do you do oh. over? over? <laughs> yeah, so over is uh, basically a mobile app design company and um, the concept of it is why it's called over is because it's text over photos. So you put text on photos <laughs> is the gist of it, but it, it gets a lot more complex than that. So you can do um, like make Facebook graphics, Instagram stories, all that kind of social media graphic design kind of thing. And the apps we build are for like people on the go to make designs and sort of manage their social media with that. That's actually a very, very interesting market. Uh, and I, I really think, I mean, you can tell me, but that's you you can have quite a large market there, right? Because generally, this is something that a lot of people do that don't necessarily, uh, you know, have the backgrounds of of graphic designer or know some of the more advanced tooling like uh, Photoshop, etc. So what you're saying is that you're trying to simplify that process for your average person that may be doing marketing or smaller shops that are running their own um, marketing, sales, advertising. Is that is that the goal? Yeah, so most of our uh, customers aren't really designers, and that's the goal of the app is to make it like as simple as possible, but as powerful as it can be, without like having the complicated features of maybe Photoshop, for instance. So we have a lot of uh, pre-made designs as well in the app, so like templates we call them, and people can like just download a template, change the text to say their company name, maybe put their logo on top, and uh, export the design. So. It, like within a few steps, they've got like a sort of custom looking design that they didn't have to sort of match uh, anything with or um, think about it too much. So yeah. that's the aim. And I've seen some of the animations that you've posted because I think you posted a couple on Twitter uh, and they're really, really nice looking. I mean, they look really professional. Uh, Thank so, you. So kudos on that because it, it does feel like, I mean, I'm guessing that, I don't know, you can tell me again whether uh, a professional a designer that has worked all their life in Adobe might be able to tell the difference between what your app creates and what they could create. Would they be able to, would you say? Um, I don't know. It depends on, I guess, who's using the app and what they're creating. So like we have designers who create in the app and then obviously we ship those templates to our users and those templates that the designers make are like incredible <laughs> the templates that i make maybe not so much <laughs> but like what, what other people are making with the app is just really um 
yeah, it's really cool to to see. And I don't know if you could tell really the difference. Yeah, I mean, the things that I've seen look very professionally made, so it, it looks really nice. Um, we should actually look at it up for ourselves. Because, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of times you do see like homemade graphics where someone's jotted something on a PowerPoint and then pasted the image on a PowerPoint slide and then pasted <laughs> some text on top and they've left the background <laughs> image on the PowerPoint the keynote. <laughs> It's like, did you know that there's a magic? Did you actually know that there's a magic wand on uh, Keynote? Oh wow, no, I didn't. So yeah, there, there's this like, well, it's a magic wand. There's this uh, thingy uh, on Keynote. It's called the Alpha Blend. Okay. Um, that like, if you paste the image on a slide, and yeah. it's got some background that you want to remove. Okay. Th there's a tool that's called Alpha Blend, which helps you remove that background. Okay. Uh, but it Interesting. definitely doesn't make it look as professional as as your app. <laughs> so with this app, obviously you said you've written it all in Kotlin and it's it involves graphics. And the yeah. last time that I did any kind of graphic programming, which wasn't typing in words from a uh, PC magazine to make my own <laughs> game back like 25 years ago or so. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm old. Uh, was <laughs> the a course that I took at university, which had to do with uh, graphics programming. And mm -hmm. I, I must say that I it wasn't easy for me. It yeah. involved a lot of concepts and a lot of things that a lot of times would go way over my head. Yeah. Uh, is that what you need to do? I mean, is, is that the level of knowledge you need to you need to have to work on things like what you're working on? So I didn't actually do graphics at school. So when we had the chance to choose modules in our uh, honors year, they were like, come and do graphics programming. And I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> I'll just do the, the easier course or some, I don't know, something else. So I didn't end up doing graphics in, uh, in university, but I did do like linear algebra and that kind of thing. And I think um, at least for me right now, like obviously there's things I still battle with because I don't have like the full graphics background of everything. But I've been able to sort of get by by Googling a lot of stuff and like linear algebra really helped, like matrices and working with transformations and stuff like that. So um, though I don't come from a graphics programming background, we've been able to uh, ship some cool features to to users and hopefully they don't notice that we don't come from a graphics programming background necessarily. Yeah, actually, yesterday I was doing. Uh, we were doing a recording an episode with Anise, and uh, we said that uh, you know one of the things that makes a, a senior developer very good is their ability of how good they can Google things, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's not what you know; it's who you know. And I know one person, Google, and then they <laughs> exactly. know everything. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if in my time, in, in my time, it was you know we had the course on linear algebra and we had the, this graphic programming, but then you also had to have like a background in uh, calculus, which again wasn't really my forte. Um, yeah. Come to think of it, I don't even remember <laughs> what my forte was at, at university. I think it was skipping classes and having tuna and tomato sandwiches. I think <laughs> I, I was really good at that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, but so. And then why why did you kind of like decide of let me get back into this? So it just sounded interesting. I mean, the the stuff that we're doing on Canvas and the, the actual features that we have, I wouldn't say are like heavy graphics programming kind of stuff. It's not like 
3D rendering of models and that kind of thing yet. <laughs> it might happen. But I mean, uh, for now, at least it's like, it's in the 2D space, it's like rendering basic things with uh, sort of simple math, or well, not simple math, <laughs> um, with like mathematical calculations and stuff like that. So for me, uh, when I was like interviewing for the position, I thought like, this is actually really interesting and something that I've never done before. And um, it's like sort of testing the limits of how much you can push a mobile phone. And that really kind of piqued my interest. And I thought like it would be a great experience just to try um, see how much I can learn and how much um, we can make with Android and um, the stuff, the knowledge that we have. I'm curious now, and again, slightly off topic, but did they actually ask you for qualifications in terms of having any kind of degree in maths or computer science for this position, given that it involved these things? Uh, no, <laughs> I guess they were just kind of hoping that we could do it. But that's awesome in the sense as yeah. well, right? I mean, it is, right? Is yeah, I mean, not a lot of Android devs have this kind of like graphics knowledge or even just canvas knowledge. Like, it's not something that everyone works with every day. So I guess if you start interviewing and you start saying like it's a requirement, your interview pool and your like available candidates is a lot smaller than reduced. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean, as long as somebody can like work towards getting that or like solve the problems eventually and Google and get their results uh, that we need, then um, it's not such a, a big issue for us. Yeah. And so using Kotlin, you said that you you folks needed to play catch up with iOS. Was the iOS app written in Objective C, or were they already using Swift at that point? So they've got a lot of stuff still written in Objective C, um, but there's also quite a lot that's in Swift. So a lot of the time we are going and referring to their code um, just so that we can get sort of like the same rendering, um, like how it renders on iOS needs to be hard renders on Android. So a lot of the time we're diving into how um, the code that they've written for rendering and stuff like that. So um, I must say it's like I try to do iOS, like write iOS Objective-C code a long time ago, and it was really difficult. And now reading the Swift code that they've written, I'm like, okay, I get this because it's very, very similar to um, how we write Kotlin. So a lot of the time we could just copy it into <laughs> copy the swift code into uh, android studio and like just change the cg float values to floats and stuff like that yeah so. we should make a swift to kotlin converter yes please huh. yeah oh yes please <laughs> because i mean all of the work is being done on the on the client on android or are you doing any processing in the cloud and then just sending back the image uh so we do all of the work on the client so it's all offline right so time. which is which is why i was asking because then it's exactly where you were going, right? If you are, if the Android app, if the iOS app is written in Swift, I'm guessing that a lot of the things that are not platform specific, you should be able to kind of, you know, convert from Swift to Kotlin, right? Yep. And and have you considered this idea of eventually maybe looking at using the MPP approach, where you could share the same code in Kotlin and, and reference that from the iOS app? Yeah, we've had a few looks at different things. Um, the most recent one I'm looking into is actually Flutter. 
<laughs> maybe not for the right show here but that's um, the second time someone brought up flutter on my show one day after another like uh, have you all agreed on this <laughs> <laughs> no so we actually like the ios team hasn't looked at flutter but we've started uh looking at it a little bit but i think um the large a large portion of this stuff is already shipped on ios so for us right now um it would be us sort of driving it and we haven't spent time looking at doing Kotlin native or anything like that yet. But it's definitely something we want to do at least so that we can get less, um, like less sort of rendering bugs and stuff like that. Yeah, because I mean, every time I'm assuming that every time they add something like a, a special effect or any feature that you have that involves touching, uh, you know, the the code that is related to, to this, you're going to have to end up replicating it on both platforms, right? Yep, and surprisingly, the iOS uh, canvas sort of rendering stuff is really nice. Like, they have a lot of features that we don't. <laughs> like, um, one thing that comes to mind is, like, shadow rendering. So, for instance, rendering a shadow on an image, like, just, like, a few pixels below something with a certain color. Like, they have that out the box, whereas with us, it's a bit weird how it works on Android. It's like not exactly what you would expect. It like duplicates the layer and gives the layer opacity underneath it. And that's different for hardware versus software. So yeah, there's a lot of intricacies on Android that we've dealt with that the iOS team hasn't had to because it's just like works out the box on their, on their side. Yeah, and good that you go in that direction because the next thing I was going to talk about was the actual canvas. So you you essentially, Android API gives you a canvas that you can work on, right? And then on this, you essentially have to do everything. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, how is that API? Is it is it very limited? So it's actually quite powerful once you sort of go into understanding what it can do and how, how to do it in the simple way. Um, for instance, the one thing, I actually wrote an article on this and you'll probably enjoy this is that we discovered the uh, Kotlin extensions for Canvas. I don't know if you've seen them, but the, the KTX extensions built by the Android team and they like wrap quite a bit of functionality to make your code a lot cleaner when working with Canvas. So for instance, like if you wanted to translate your Canvas or rotate it or something like that, there is nice extension functions built in uh, on the Canvas that um, you can say like canvas.withrotate and then give it the angle. And then everything that you perform inside that block will be at a rotated or on the rotated canvas. And then like outside of that block, your canvas isn't rotated anymore. So they've done some cool um, extension functions for canvas, but there's a lot, like I mentioned that like just unexpectedly doesn't work just with Android canvas itself, not with, not to do with Kotlin at all, but like, um, like I mentioned, like shadows don't work the same on hardware versus software rendering. Um, some things just like don't work at all. Like the API is there, but it's not actually implemented on certain Android versions. So uh, backporting certain things to happen on API 23 might need to happen. Um, but a lot of it's like you don't know until you're trying to do it. So you like try to write this rendering code and then you try to test it across devices and you're like, okay, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Back to the drawing board. And when you do these uh, features that, don't ship out of the box with the canvas. How do you develop them in the sense of, do you make them extensions to the already KTX extensions or do you just implement them as standalone classes slash functions? So we've done a few that are extension functions. Um, 
but a lot of them we've actually just had to like migrate to just normal classes and stuff like that. The one interesting one is like uh, filtering, like applying an image filter or something like that on a, on a canvas. So on iOS, for instance, it's very easy. You just say apply filter and you give it the filter name <laughs> and it gives you a nice filtered looking image. Um, on Android, there's like, there's color filters built in and stuff like matrices that you can do uh, changes to pixel colors. But like, if you want to do things like adjusting shadows or stuff like that, you have to, then you have to switch to going from Kotlin to either native or render script or um, OpenGL or something like that. So there's sort of limits to what you can do on, on Android versus how iOS bakes in a lot of that stuff really for you. But do you have an created any kind of like uh, wrappers or anything around these calls? You're just directly calling them then? Yeah, we haven't. Uh, we actually did have a lot of extension functions at one point. Um, a lot of our rendering was extension functions. And um, it got to the point where it was really, really hard to like add dependencies to these classes. I don't know. That's probably not making sense of that, like a code example. But um, for instance, we had like a renderer, like a text renderer. And um, a lot of the stuff was just extension functions for the rendering of text. But when we needed to, for instance, access like a cache of paint objects, for instance, accessing that cache within an extension function is not really ideal, right? Like you don't want to have to, like an extension function should basically just be adding functionality to a class that maybe you can't change, right? Yeah. But for us, we kind of used them at the start as like just functionality <laughs> for anything rendering specific. So when we needed to like add more complexity to the app, like getting bitmaps from a cache or getting paints from a cache or, or like any kind of caching mechanism, we really like battled because now we had all these extension functions that weren't in a class and they didn't have access to like any injected dependencies. So it just didn't make sense for them to be these extension functions. I don't Do know if I'm making sense. You, you are, uh, because again, this is actually something we were discussing recently on the idea of dialing back a little bit with, with some of the features that you use with Kotlin, right? Uh, yeah. And and it, if I understood you correctly, it kind of sounded like you went full board, full on board with extension functions, and then suddenly realized that maybe you've just gone a little bit too far, right? And and you needed to look at this in a different way. Yeah, exactly. So we yeah. kind of got our fingers burnt by using too many extension functions, and I think now we're a bit more aware of like where we're adding an extension function and. Does it make sense? So we have we have still quite a lot, like um, on Canvas, for instance, because that's a class we can't change, right? It's not our class. It's not something we have access to. So adding extension functions for that makes sense. But as soon as it's like our own class and our own definition of how something should work, we are always questioning, like, do we need to really use an extension function here? Or how can we get away with, with what we need to do with this uh, function? And I'm sure you're not the first people that are using the canvas. I'm assuming that, I, I mean, I don't know, like I, I'm assuming you have <laughs> noticed I'm not in the Android world, but uh, generally is, is the canvas something that is extensively used in Android or not much? 
So if you need to create anything kind of custom, like a bar graph or a chart or anything that's not sort of built into the Android components, like any text views or stuff like that, then you need to go and use a, a custom canvas view. So um, a lot of people don't get into it just because like a lot of components you can sort of find a library for online or, you know, use what someone else has made. Um, but yeah, I think if you don't have, if that, none of those requirements are satisfied, then you have to go and dive into rendering with a canvas yourself. Right. And those people that do this, just like you that have applications on multiple platforms, I assume that also see some of the shortcomings that the Android SDK has versus the iOS. So I'm wondering, isn't there any kind of third party library that makes up for all of these uh, lacking features and, and effects and things that, that you could do on one system and you can't on Android? So there is a few, I found, we found a few on GitHub, but it's not like a large part, portion of like why we didn't decide to go with it is because it's not, I don't know, it's not like a sort of standard way of dealing with things. And it's also sort of like somebody that's maybe just made a quick library and like wanted to port this and share what they've done. So a lot of the stuff that we've done is sort of based on learnings that we found from other open source libraries, maybe that people have made, but um, for instance, I think on web, they have some cool stuff like Fabric.js. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm totally not a web person, but they have like uh, nice wrappers that are like widely used um, in many different apps that people rely on. But as far as we found, we couldn't find anything um, Android specific that sort of gives you these extra capabilities or more extensive functionality. Yeah, because the, the reason I was asking that also, of course, is the next level of, oh, and is there a Kotlin wrapper around that that someone's already done the work and <laughs> makes it a little bit more idiomatic, right? I mean, because that is the case with so many other things that, you know, aren't provided out of the box, right? Or for instance, you know, a lot of people are doing quite a bit when it comes to data science with Kotlin, right? And yeah. there aren't many uh, Kotlin-specific uh, there aren't many. There weren't any Kotlin-specific libraries for mathematical functions or plotting uh, graphs, etc. And, and, yeah. and that started has started to surface in the community and multiple people contributing to it, which is yeah. why I was asking, like, you know, the canvas has been around way longer than the, the, than, than Kotlin or, or the Kotlin for data science. So yeah. has there been anything in, in the Java space, so to speak, to make up for this? Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't know if there will be because I mean maybe somebody smart can come up with something cool, but like the Android canvas is at the moment very tied to the OS. So I would assume most of the Kotlin libraries that you want to make would want to be cross platform, like work on Kotlin JS and stuff like that. I don't know. Well that's still possible, right? I mean with the whole MPP, essentially if you were to make something, you could delegate the functionality uh on the iOS stuff to the calls on the iOS platform. Okay, yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing, I mean, I, I don't know how tight that is into the platform, but maybe. Cool, so if I want to get like up and running with uh, this stuff, especially, I mean, not specifically Android, uh, mm -hmm. but specifically around kind of like graphics programming and effects and, and these things, how did you pick it up? Yeah, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I actually don't have like a good resource for this kind of thing. Like a lot of it was just 
when I needed to implement something, I would Google for that specific problem that I was having. Um, like, unfortunately, there isn't like a one-stop shop that I found. Maybe someone else found find something and can share it with us. But uh, I didn't find anything sort of like, this is the go-to graphics thing that I found useful. Um, maybe I should still find that and read it, and then I'd feel better about graphics. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't find anything like that really helped me. It was all just sort of let me Google this prob specific problem that I'm having and just keep Googling until I find the obscure place on the internet that has the information I need. How much of it do you think, like if you were to balance, uh, how what percentage would you say constitutes uh, working with the Canvas API versus algorithms? I mean, taking aside everything yeah. related to Android and the mobile and the UI interface and all of that. Yeah, I'd say it's mostly trying to figure out the maths behind something. It's more like the canvas is just your tool, right? So you would just say to the canvas, this is the position I want something at, or this is the rotation and that kind of thing. But the actual getting to that point of those values and figuring out how to map between certain coordinate systems and stuff like that, that's all just math and figuring that kind of thing out. Um, but the canvas is just like, that's probably the easy part. I mean, there's obviously intricacies that you run into where you're like trying to render certain things and it doesn't work. But a lot of that is um, once you've gotten to the point of like, I know this calculation works and this is exactly the expected output. So now I need to actually just use the canvas at this point. Um, but the hard part is actually figuring out the math behind it, I think. And given that it's mostly around the maths and the algorithms and, and dealing with data types. Have you found features of Kotlin that have helped you in this area? Are you making use of certain features that you really like, you didn't have as much in, in Java that really has facilitated your work when dealing with mathematical operations? Um, mathematical operations? Um, I don't really think so. I think it would have still I mean, this is probably not the answer you want to hear, but I think it probably would have still been the same on uh, Java. But there's things that we've used um, outside of sort of the Canvas calculations and things like that. Uh, for instance, we make heavy use of seal classes and um, just for sort of state representation and uh, like we use a platform uh, we use a architecture called MVI. So we have like uh, like a unidirectional data flow of stuff. So we use a lot of sort of seal classes for that uh, cycle of delivering data. Um, but the actual like math functions, if I think about it, like I'd say maybe the one or two things we've used is like operator overloading for creating like point classes and stuff like that. But nothing... I wouldn't say like there's anything really impactful that's that's changed how we work with uh, maths on that. I was more thinking in regards to, for example, the data types you to, you use. Like where if you're talking a lot about transformations and working with um, matrices and stuff, like are you heavily using things like pairs or triples? Do you feel a lacking that, that Kotlin doesn't have, for example, tuples or, or tuples, however you want to call it? And do you use data classes a lot for that? Yeah, so we use quite a few of the um, pairs and tuples and uh, destructuring operations as well. So like just getting out those 
values into separate variables. Um, so we do, do use those ones. And probably if I look at my classes and I try to redo it in Java, I'd be like, but why do I have to, <laughs> why do I have to make all these extra functions and stuff? So I think we're probably just leveraging a lot that we don't really realize anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And also in terms of support, we recently added support recently uh, to for unsigned integers. Do you make any use of those? Uh, no, we haven't yet. Okay. Because I know, that, again, that's something that, that people that do quite a bit of graphic programming apparently use somewhat. So reason yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, we haven't dived into using that yet. Cool. Any regrets? I, I mean, with adoption of Kotlin. <laughs> I always have to... I always have to be special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could go on for hours. I know. It's like, oh, where do I start? Uh, regrets? No, I don't think so. I think um, I think it's just been really, like once you start writing Kotlin and you have to do a bit of Java, you're like, why? Why do I have to do this? <laughs> um, so no, I don't think we've had any any regrets from the team itself, like working with Kotlin and choosing Kotlin for um, for the whole app, we definitely feel it's a lot better than working with Java. So, so then, why the interest of of potentially looking at something like Dart? I mean, well, Flutter, let's say. <laughs> I think it's not necessarily for the language. Yeah, it's more for like the cross-platform um, capability of like having two apps or three apps, like even a web app, of having the same rendering logic for all of them, right? Because at the moment, it's really difficult to sort of match what Android has versus what iOS has. And this is not specific to the language. This is more of a, like a how we render text on a screen on Android. Like some of the calculations and stuff like that definitely differ from iOS. And if we could have like one code base, this is like everyone's dream, right? One code base that everyone uses that ships everything, then that would be way more ideal than having three separate rendering engines for something that could be a little bit different on each platform. I just want to say that this is just my thoughts. <laughs> I mean, technically, again, I, I think that this could potentially be very viable with Kotlin multi-platform. And, and again, I'm not entirely familiar with the Canvas, yeah. but if you're even using multi-platform with Kotlin native to target Android native, you know, yeah. this is definitely viable. And in, in the... A couple of years ago, we had a spinner application. It was like a spinner game uh, mm. for Kotlin Conf. I don't know if you ever saw it. And it, it had a lot of rendering and it was using the canvas. Uh, and okay. it was a single code base targeting both Android and iOS, right? Okay. Um, so I think you definitely, if you haven't, you might want to look into that as well. Uh, yeah. Because that definitely is a possibility. And and the the whole idea behind here is that where it's common code base, where it's it's algorithms, where it's business logic, all of these things can be shared, right? Yeah. And then delegating to the last possible moment to each platform to, to do its work. Yeah. No, it's definitely something we're exploring. Like my ideas around Flutter and that, I mean, I haven't explored enough of it to know what's possible with Canvas and that kind of thing. Um, but I think also we have like bigger limitations in terms of like we're now on the iOS platform, we're shipping video editing as well. And... Um, it's something that we're working on on Android as well. So that kind of like 
escalates the problem even bigger. <laughs> it's not just working with Canvas now, you're working with video editing and things get a lot more complicated. So I think like everyone's pipe dream for any kind of product is to obviously have one code base, but it's unfortunately not realistic at the moment, at least for our like use case that we've explored. So hopefully, hopefully one day we can um, use something else. Maybe it's got a multi-platform. <laughs> you should check it out. Yeah. And uh, in about a year, uh, you come back to the show and tell me how awesomely successful <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anyway, we're running out of time, so it was awesome having you. Oh. Um, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. And uh, hopefully we'll see each other again at some point soon where you will say, oh, hey, Hadi, and I will say, oh, hey, Rebecca. <laughs> cool, yeah, it was nice to be here. Thank you so much. Likewise, take care. Okay.